What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David Isaac. This is the Sports with Those Grizzlies podcast. We are back after a, an extended weekend for me. We told you guys on our live show we'd be back Sunday. Apologies. Just life happens. We were not able to come back with a Sunday show. So we're here to talk about the Monday, the Martin Luther King Day game between the Grizzlies and the Bulls and a little bit more. I think we've got, what, three games in total to cover? Yeah, I think I think it has been three since we've been on it. Uh, big, big victory for the Grizzlies yesterday, man. Martin Luther King game is not uh, a game where they usually tend to have success, but two in a row, man. Beat the Phoenix Suns last year and were able to get the win against the shorthanded Bulls yesterday. I mean, even though the Bulls were shorthanded, I mean, they came out, they were game, man, ready to, ready to play. And what I call this is a professional win. The Grizzlies came out and, and did what they needed to do, man, were able to get the win, and they needed this win after taking that loss on, on Friday to Dallas. Yeah, you know, Friday's game – before we really jump, we can go back and talk about those. Friday's game to me is just a schedule loss, man. We, we talk about that like off and on through, throughout the, the different episodes of the show. I've noticed recently we've had an uptick of new listeners. So if you are new, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Uh, if you like the show, you like what you're listening to, go over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. It's super easy to do if you're on the computer. Um, just search for the podcast, scroll to the bottom of the screen. You can leave the five-star review little harder on your phone, but it helps us out. It helps people find us. So thanks for tuning in. But it, it's, we talk about schedule losses and in that game against the Mavericks, man, they just did not have the legs. You could see them looking physically tired. And then the post-game press conference, John Morant was one that said, he's like, you know, I, I just was not locked in. He just didn't have it. And, you know, over the course of an 82-game season, you're going to have nights like that. Unfortunately, it ended the winning streak, but they picked right back up. And uh, did I say Friday? That Was the Mavs game Friday? Yeah, yeah it was they Friday. Were over the weekend. Yeah. It's, it's all running together, man. That, that trip to go watch high school ball has got me confused a little bit. But <laughs> a good bounce-back game. Like Isaac said, great professional win. This is a, a Bulls team that is one of the best in the Eastern Conference. They are, you know – struggling with injuries right now as are a lot of teams in the uh in the nba but the grizzlies because of those injuries should have won this game and that's exactly what they've done final score is 119 to 106 what are your thoughts on it isaac yeah man uh like i said man that's a a, a professional win man the bulls came out as a lot of times teams do when they're missing guys and they came out their first quarter man and they were playing real well hanging hanging right with the grizzlies it took a while before the grizzlies could could really, really pull away. Um, but, and I want to say this about Morant. Morant, you go back to Thursday night's game against Minnesota and you have a, a play where Morant gets kind of gets his back ran up on by Patrick Beverly, who's like, he was almost on this team, man. It was a point where we thought that he could be on this team. And, and I kind of like the idea about him, of him being on this team at that point. But man, just when, when you think about it, man, that guy's dirty, he's dangerous. You watch him. During the game, man, he does all these little things like gets up on your back and does all this stuff. And he kind of rolled up on Moran and, and kind of tweaked his back a little bit. Then Moran had a little something else going on. I think he had a knee to knee. I can't remember who he ran up against. That game was really physical uh, against Minnesota on, on Thursday night. And Moran came out of that game kind of banged up. And, and you could see on Friday that he just just didn't have it. And I, I thought the game that they really were would have caught up to him was Minnesota, uh, but they were able to. To pull that one out and it really caught up to them on Friday night, man. They just, you could see that they just didn't have the legs at all. Uh, they, they stayed with it for a half and in the second half, a Luca got going and man, Dallas just kind of 
ran off on him. But, but talking about Morant, I, early in the game yesterday, I felt like it looked like he was back, like he kind of had his burst back. But as the game went on, he still doesn't look to be 100%. And that's crazy to say in a game where somebody scores 25 points that they don't look like their normal self. Because, I mean, he still ended up scoring 25 points. He had four rebounds, three assists, and still uh, super efficient, 9 of 17 from the field, knocked down a three, six of seven for the free throw line in, in 32 minutes. But you can tell there's still, and I don't know if it's just fatigue, and we've seen this from him before. I, I think last year, right before the All-Star break, because he's right before the All-Star break or right afterwards, he just seemed to have this period where even even during the times the numbers look good, but you could just tell if you're somebody that covers and watches them all the time, you could just tell that it's something not there. Like there were times yesterday where he was smiling and it seemed like he was having fun playing a game, but he just seems to be, I don't know, like it, it could just be fatigue. Like I said, this team has played so many games and in, 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 in a short amount of time, and that can eventually catch up on you, uh, with you. And it's just, to me, it looks like he's not fully 100%. I mean, he's still doing amazing things. He had the 360 layup and everything, but the burst consistently just doesn't seem to be there. Have you, have you noticed that over the last couple of games? Uh, yeah. You know, the Dallas game, I just felt like it, w- it was fatigue. But yeah. even the announcers in this Bulls game on, on MLK Day, Jeff uh, JVG, uh, he mentioned, he's like, you know, John Morant has, you know, 25 points. You know, what uh, I lost the stat line here. 25 yeah, 25 points, four rebounds, three assists. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he said that those are not bad numbers, but he's doing it quietly. Like this is not yeah. the the same type of energy that we're used to seeing from him. And it, it's that definitely in these last two games. So whether this is going to be an ongoing thing or not, that's yet to be seen. But like you say, we, we saw periods like this last year where this would happen. And I think some of this goes away with maturity as you know, if you watch players just throughout a full season and, and you're covering them day to day, you notice little things that happen. But I don't think that you can go to any player in the league. There, there may be a handful of exceptions, but I don't know that every that there's any player that is locked in for every single game just because of the grind of an 82-game season. And I hate to get off course here, but we were talking about this a little bit before – the uh before we started recording and now it just came out just a few minutes ago Desmond Bain and Kyle Anderson one of the last two Grizzlies to uh be in it have now officially entered the health and safety protocol oh man did I, did I jinx so it we, like we I brought that up right it, before we came on here oh man we spoke uh, it into existence man just shot ourselves in the foot on that one but um the injury report just came out. So Kyle Anderson is out. Desmond Bain is out. Dylan Brooks remains out. And Killian Tilly is in health and safety protocols as well. So the Grizzlies, not, not immune to it. I, with this, with these two guys being in newly in the health and safety protocols, I think this puts the entire Grizzlies roster with the exception of one. And I'm not going to mention any names at this point because I, I don't want to speak that into existence yeah. until some of these guys are getting back healthy, because that would be a heck of a hit to the Grizzlies who are playing great basketball right now, but uh, just tough news to get. It's, it's good for us because this never, ever happens. Stuff like this news drops. The minute we finish recording yeah. and I post the show, <laughs> Every usually, time. boom, here comes some news. So Got a little bit of news. It's not good news for the Grizzlies, but I guess the the one positive side of this is you get these and get these guys in the health and safety protocols. 
get it over with, and hopefully the Grizzlies can move forward from here and not have to worry about it the rest of the season. Yeah, and one thing with the Grizzlies, as you see differently with other teams, pretty much everybody on the team has had it, but they haven't had these, like, huge outbreaks. It's usually one or two guys at a time. Like, it hasn't been three, four, five guys at a time that have had it, so they've kind of, <laughs> excuse me, been able to survive, haven't been able to, haven't had to miss any times or have any games, counsel or anything like that. So hopefully that, that remains the case, man. You hate to see it. That's going to be tough, man, with, with Bain and Kyle Anderson down. Uh, man, this team has always been next man up. And I guess Zaire Williams time, man, I guess it's time for him to, to get back on his grind. He didn't particularly have a good game yesterday, but we've definitely seen strides from him, man. So it's going to be an opportunity for him to him to step up uh, and get some more playing time in control. We've seen what what he can do, man, when he's playing, playing major minutes, man, at the 15-17 game. Those night, so he's gonna have to step up as well. They're gonna need those guys to, to step up on a wing because they're going on this tough road trip. Uh, so you kind of hate to, to lose those guys at any time, but definitely going up against Milwaukee, which is a team that you could really use those guys against tomorrow night. Uh, it, it's gonna be tough, but again, man, we've seen this team time and time again somehow be able to survive with, with guys missing out of the lineup to an extent that you haven't seen from other teams. Usually, other teams miss one of their good players goes down and completely changes what they do, and that just hasn't been the case for this team. And hopefully we might see Taylor Jenkins back uh, tomorrow night, man. He's been in protocol for a while, man. It's, they've been kind of clutched on that, haven't really said anything, but it, it's been time for him to come out. There were rumors that he possibly would have coached the game yesterday, but our Darko Radakovich was still the acting head coach yesterday, so we'll see what happens with that tomorrow. But again, man, the Grizzlies have so far, for the most part, avoided big, big, huge outbreaks, but uh, again, man, it's affecting everybody in the league, and Hate to see uh, Bain and, and slow mo down right now. Yep, definitely do. I, I think you know you mentioned Zaire; he's been in the starting lineup. I think that that is going to continue to be the case. But the, the guy that has to step up, De'Anthony Melton, Mister Do Something, has to. You know, I think that he steps into the starting role in in, in Bain's spot. I think you see uh, Ja, Melton, Adams, Jaron, and Zaire in the starting five. And you hope to see, I know early in the season when Melton was starting, he seemed to be producing pretty well. And then we've had different stretches here where he's looked like himself. And then other times he just hadn't really been playable. And and that's crazy to say, because when he's on the floor, he tends to rack up the stats across the board and he use, he generally has a positive impact on the game um, but but it's been really um, wishy washy, seesawy. How, yeah. However, you want to break it down from him. You know, we, we we talked about consistency early on, and with injuries and different stuff like that, we we just have not seen that level of consistency from him. So now with with Bain out for what we would expect to be, you know, not a super extended period, but you know, a week or so, Bain is going to be out. And I don't have the schedule pulled up. I'll pull it up right now. But well, uh, I, I got it. Like, I, I got it by memory. They're there with the Bucks tomorrow on Wednesday. They're at Denver on Friday, at the Mavericks on Sunday, and then they get a couple days off there, which will probably help with this before they take on the Spurs on next Wednesday night. So you, you expect them to probably probably miss miss all those games, but they could be back Friday when they take on the Utah Jazz, which could be a huge game depending on what happens now over the next week, what Utah does or what the Grizzlies does. Do that could be, I mean, a, a monumental game there on Friday because, I mean, they're kind of battling for that that third, fourth spot right now, kind of seesawing back and forth. So, hope to have them back by the end. But, yeah, man, Melton, 
is definitely, man, I don't know how I forgot about it, but I said Conchar and, and Zaire and, and, and omitted Melton. Um, and, and a good thing about him is he probably had one of his better offensive games yesterday that he's had since he came back from protocols. Um, only had 10 points, but he was three, uh, three or four from three, um, along with four rebounds, one assist, two steals, man, plus 11. In, and only played 15 minutes in the game, but I mean, I thought offensively he looked good shooting the basketball yesterday. And that's the main thing with him. The other things he's going to do, he's going to play good defense, he's going to rebound the basketball. You're going to get that from him. But the, the question marks with him has been offensively. He's been up and down, man. Yo yo back and forth, man. One game, well, he'll have a stretch where he's unconscious from three and then. The next week, he might might not be able to throw it in the ocean. But hopefully that's a sign that he's kind of turning the corner offensively because that's kind of where he struggled since he's been back. Other things, he's been fine. He just hasn't been able to shoot the basketball well and knock down three threes yesterday. That's a good sign. And they're definitely going to need him, more, more offense from him on, on this trip. Or they're they're going to have a hard time, time scoring because, I mean, you're, gonna, you're losing a lot with Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain, 25 points yesterday. Uh, and Kyle Anderson comes in. He's going to give you – Usually somewhere between five and ten points. So you you look at that man, possibly thirty points out of your lineup on average without those two guys. So that that's a big hole to fill, man. And he's going to be a big part of that. And they're really going to need him to step up offensively when he's inserted in that starting lineup. I know that there were talks about shortening the length of time that people would be in protocols based on their vaccination. Yeah, what the six days? It's six days. Okay, I couldn't remember. Like I know initially it was ten days. So, yeah, you know, we, we could see them back as early as Friday. If it is indeed COVID, if they are positive and they are symptomatic, we have th- throughout the league, we've seen this take a toll on guys to where they have to kind of ramp up coming back because it really and, takes their win from them. Hopefully, and the Grizz, the Grizz, I was gonna say the, and I was going to say the Grizzlies do that anyway. Like, Grizzlies aren't going to rush anybody back. Like, if, if, if something takes four days to come back from, and it's a Grizzly player, Expected to be eight days. It's just kind of how they handle things. They're not going to rush anything. They're going to make sure everything is 100%, and, and they're not going to rush anybody back. So that's why I kind of said that even though they could be out by this weekend, I would expect at the earliest Wednesday against San Antonio, if not when they come back from that road trip Friday against Utah, because that's just kind of how they handle things. Yeah, you know, you're looking four to seven games is essentially, I would say, seven games in a scenario where they they're symptomatic and it takes them a little bit of time to, to get back into to shape. Uh, but hopefully it's just four games. We're hoping these guys are asymptomatic and it's just a positive test. We don't know for sure that that will probably not get fully clarified. Just got to take it as it is a good thing. We've watched this team. Like Isaac said, we've watched them embrace this next man up man mentality all year. And I mean, it's wonder- been amazing. Like at, at what point does that take a stumble or does it, does it stumble? Is this coaching staff doing such a good job in developing these players that we don't see them stumble? And in a year like this, if you're able to next man up mentality and, and take care of business, that's huge. And that speaks to their record 31 and 15 good for third in the West right now. They're a full game ahead of Utah. Uh, Utah is in fourth and they're game and a half back of the two seed they had they matched the Golden State Warriors in their win on Monday. They matched them in total wins. They're three losses behind in the in the loss column. So th- this Grizzlies team, while first place is probably, I mean, I, I can't say that it's not a goal for them, but you know, beginning of the season, if you would have asked me midway through the season, the Grizzlies had a chance to be the one seed, <laughs> I would have laughed in your face. But here we are, and the, I think that that is something that could legitimately happen for this team as well as they're playing. 
Yeah, and I talked about that on our last episode, and I wouldn't pick it at all because I think they're with their four and a half back of Phoenix right now. Uh, but it's definitely something that's possible. I mean, and, and as you said, if you talked about that at the beginning of the season, if you had said they were going to be the three seed, the four seed, I think most people would have said, man, you, you what are you smoking? Uh, this team's not going to be a four seed. Like, we're the goal is, the ceiling goal is to try to be six and stay out of play. And we weren't even thinking about anything like top half of the West, like three, four, even that. And to talk about right now that they're right out of the, the out of the two seed, I think a game and a half uh, behind Golden State right now uh, for, for the two seed is just amazing. And especially if you had said, told about all the injuries that you're going to have, that John Morant was going to miss 12 games. You're going to have guys in and out. I was like, no way, man. They'd be lucky to to, to even get to the goal of six. If, if you're talking about guys missing time and coaches missing time, and here we are, man, 31 and 15. Um, and, and we're, what's that, 46 games into the season. I, I think it's just amazing and a testament to the staff from top to bottom all the way from up to the front office to, to everybody. Like Desmond Bain said, I asked him about this team and his culture. Yeah, it goes all the way down to the ball boys. Like everybody it, it has to be on one accord for them to have the type of success with what they've been through. So it, it, it's been a, it's been amazing to watch. And, again, man, anytime you, you're ready to count this team out, you think, Oh man, use a guy like Bain and slow mo and the way he feels the statue and things that he brings to the table. This team's gonna go in the tank, and that just hasn't been the case. Maybe this could be the time you keep expecting. Well, one of these times it's gonna gonna run out and it's gonna regress to the mean. It just hasn't. I mean, you lose a guy like Morant for twelve games, you're averaging twenty five points a game, and in my opinion, should be an MVP MVP candidate, and you go ten and two. So if you can survive that, you can survive pretty much anything. So I would be surprised if this team just goes in the tank because they lose Bain and, Bain and, and, and Kyle Anson. You'd love to have those guys there, but I, this team has just time and time again found ways to to continue to win games, and I, I think that'll be the same case here. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the, the number of shots. that your Desmond Bain took 17 shots in this game Monday, 10 for 17. He's been crazy efficient this year. Um, you know, he, he's um, – I don't even have. Let's see what it, what's he. Do you know what he's averaging per game? I'll look it up real quick. I mean, he has to be getting close to twenty. I don't think he's there yet, but it, it has to be at least eighteen with the type of numbers that he's been putting up. I mean, he's twenty five. I think he had he had thirty maybe uh, a couple games ago. Yeah, so it, 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 it has just to shy up of eight. Just shy of eighteen. Yeah, Um, you know, and doing it on forty seven percent from the field, forty two percent from three shooting almost 90%. So, you know, like 50, 40, 90 is probably out of the question this year, but it's maybe not, you know, if he hits a, a hot streak, it, it's possible that he could, he could get back to that. And that's not an easy, easy feat. There are not a lot of guys that are able to do that in the league. So, you know, the, this 25 point game, you're looking at the the number of shots that he's putting up and the production that you're going to need from other guys Jaron only took 11 shots in this game, you know, so you, you, you throw a few more his way. Um, I say uh, Conchar, Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, D'Anthony Melton only took six shots. I would expect that you would see his usage go up. John Moran yeah. may see a few more of those shots. So they have guys that are more than capable of filling that void. And, you know, Jaron scored 14 points, and we know that he's capable of going, you know, 20, 30, 40 at any given time. He hadn't been shooting the ball all that well from three lately, but he's been doing it in other ways, including blocking shots. But I, I'm confident, that just like you're saying, I don't think that we see a massive drop-off losing those two guys. 
because I, I think that they have enough in the tank from other guys. It, it would be great if Dylan was close to returning and so they could get Dylan back in the lineup as Bain was going out. That's not going to be what's happening. So just have to deal with what you got. Uh, Zaire was 0 for 4 from the field, 0 for 3 from 3. He did make both of his free throws in this Bulls matchup. Um, but prior to this game, he looked, he has looked a lot more comfortable on the floor, um, not rushing stuff, not looking like a deer in the headlights. So, you know, if you give him more than the four shots that he took in this game, I have confidence in him as well. So that, that there's not a guy that they're going to put on the floor that's on this roster that, that I'm concerned with that they're taking shots. Yeah, I think you'll likely get Tilly back here pretty soon. and He'll probably get some minutes. Even Jared Culver um, is a guy that will probably now uh, see some minutes with, with two guys out on, on the wing. Um, and, and he's even stepped up at times. I remember that game against the Lakers here at, at FedEx Forum where he had a, a fantastic game. So, I mean, guys have just stepped up, man, on, on this team, just guys that have been ready. I mean, just Taylor Jenkins always talks about these play groups and and, and, and these guys playing in different matchups and, and – Again, you, you kind of hear that stuff all the time from different coaches around the league. Oh, well, I mean, all these guys are getting all these reps and, and they're ready when they step in. And when guys go down, they don't win ball games. But this team has really embraced that. And I think it goes to that culture. Um, and again, I asked Desmond Baines as well. I think Brandon Clark in a postgame presser about the, the culture and Grizz culture and what that means. And he says that just from this coaching staff to, to everyone, and these guys been ready to play when they come in. And when you call these guys' number, man, they've been they've been ready to, to come in, man. A tough road trip, and I think you got some guys that are going to step up, man, and they, they've done it. And Melton is going to be a big part of that. And I, I think we've seen parts times where Melton looks like he's a long-term piece for this team and there's a, a, a true NBA rotation player on both sides of the basketball. Uh, so I'm not worried about the other things that he plays. He's going to play defense, rebound, do all that, man. Just make some shots, and he was able to do that yesterday. So, And when he's in that starting lineup, man, he usually – Usually produce it, so hopefully that's what we see tomorrow night uh, when they go to take on the Milwaukee Bucks at five-third form where the Grizzlies are undefeated. They've never lost to that building. I think they're the only team in the NBA that hasn't lost since they opened that building. The Grizzlies are 2-0 and uh, in Milwaukee since they opened five-third form, so hopefully they make that 3-0 and tomorrow night. We got the Forum West in Los Angeles and the Forum yeah, North Forum in Milwaukee. North, yeah. <laughs> taking care of business wherever they go. Um Man, and I think Drew Holiday is still did play. He didn't play their last game, and I, I think Coach said he could play tomorrow night. But from my, from what I'm hearing, it doesn't seem optimistic that he's going to play. And they're a different team without him. I mean, they've they've won some games, but they've been they've been really uneven uh, since he went out. They've lost some games to some bad teams. They have beat some good teams. So that that's a team that you can beat. Uh, and I think it's a game where, especially now with Bain and uh, Kyle Anderson out, I think it's a game where. You're going to need a big job game, I think, uh, probably in all these games. But I think tomorrow night is definitely an opportunity where he could kind of take advantage of, of, of Drew Holiday not being there because Holiday has been a tough matchup for him. Uh, historically, he, he's a guy that's really – him and um, De'Aaron Fox are two guys that Jai has kind of struggled against at times. So him, if he's not able to go, I think it's a game where Josh should really be able to, to get off on this one, and I think they're going to need him in order to win. I think they're going to need him on the offensive end to, to probably go big in this yeah, Drew has had that that ankle injury that's just kind of nagging along. Um, no clear report on whether he's going to be available to play or not. Um, but we'll see. It, it's better for the Grizzlies if he is not, obviously, because like you said, that, that team is significantly better when he's on the floor. But Grayson Allen ha has played well in his absence, and, and we know 
what Grayson is capable of. For, man, we don't we don't need the we don't need the Grayson Allen re, 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 revenge game tomorrow night, man. That's yeah, yeah, not, I'll not pass what I'm on that about. as well. Yeah, man, we, sure. let's not get that one going. <laughs> so, the, the matchup that's probably the most intriguing to me in that game is going to be Giannis and Jaron. Yeah, and that is um, I was in. Uh, I think you were in there with me. I don't know if you were. Yeah, in they were talking about that. Yeah, you know, yeah. The the uh, Jaron, in most cases, he is one of two things. Whenever he's matching up against people, he's either bigger, or he's faster. So if you're playing a smaller guy to match the speed, he's going to be bigger and he can post him up. If you're playing a bigger guy to match the height, he's going to be faster and he can take him off the bounce. With Giannis, that's not the case. No, you not know, the case I, on either side. You know, physical <laughs> tools wise, these guys match up pretty well. Obviously, Jaron is not, uh, he's not playing at the level that Giannis has over these last few years, but physical tools and what these guys are able to do. I don't know that there's a better matchup for the two in the league than than each other. You know, I, I can't think of anybody else at that size that can handle the ball and do the things that these guys are able to do on a night to night basis. Yeah, that's it's, that's going to be a fun. One. I'm definitely looking forward uh, to that matchup, especially with uh, Bain and, and Kyle Anderson down. You're going to need more for Jared, and this is an opportunity for him to to step up. I mean, he still, for some reason, takes a lot more criticism than he should. And going up against Giannis, I mean, I think this is an opportunity where he has a good game. You can go out and say, man, he, he just played well against Giannis. So I think that that's the key to this game, uh, what, what Jared does against Giannis. I know they were – we were talking about Twitter space. If, if you didn't get what we were just mentioning, uh, a great Twitter space yesterday, they were kind of asking the question of who were they going to put on them. And I think it's the obvious answer. I mean, who else, especially now that Kyle is, Kyle is out. I mean, it's going to be Jared. Um, and – Jaron has to stay out of foul trouble. I think that's the big thing. Uh, going up against a guy like Giannis, can't can't get in foul trouble because if, if they, he gets in foul trouble, that's going to be a a big issue uh, to tomorrow night uh, going up against the Bucks. So they're going to need him to stay on the floor. But I, I love the matchup. I mean, there aren't really, like you said, any other guys at that size at seven foot that can kind of do the things that they can do. And he he's not I'm not saying that Jaron is Giannis, but for skill wise, they have some of the same skills that you just don't usually see from guys that size. The, Unicorn aspect, so to speak, that they have. So that's going to be going to be a really fun matchup. Uh, but again, but I, I think I expect John to have a, a really big game tomorrow night because especially if, if Holiday is not able to play, I think this is an opportunity for him to to really take off. Because even though he did have twenty five, he only had twenty. He had twenty five points yesterday. He's just he didn't. He wasn't his normal explosive self. Seemed to be really picking the spots and deferring a lot more than he had been as of late. And, and I think this is a game where we might see him bounce back. Um, get a day off here in between. And I think a team that they, they've had some, some success against. I mean, they had a game, remember last year, where Holiday hit that shot late uh, with, with a few seconds left, and Grizzlies ended up losing that game. But uh, historically, they played really well against this team. And again, man, undefeated at 5 3 4 up in Milwaukee, man. So hopefully they can keep, keep get this streak going, man, and, and, and be two in a row and, and, and hopefully continue on until later in the week. You got a tough one on Friday. I think the Matt, the Nuggets are going to be looking for get back uh, after losing two in a row here at FedEx Forum here early in the season. And Sunday, man, that's a game that I'm really looking forward to against Dallas, man. I think they owe them one. Dallas is now up two and one in the two to one in the season series. It'll be the final game in the series for the year. Um, and if the Grizzlies win, both teams will have won both games on the on the on the opposing team's home floor. So I, I think that's the one that I'm really looking forward to, man. The Grizzlies. I, I, I hated that, that the way that game went down because you could just tell. 
Grizz didn't really have the legs in that one. And that was a big game, man. And they, they just didn't have it. I'm hoping that they can kind of avenge that loss and tie that season series up on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It's going it's to be weird if it happens that, that you know, they split the series 2 2. I know. Yeah. And, and you just don't usually see that. One. Yeah. It just doesn't. I know uh, we had Miss Lauren Gunn lined up. She covers the um, she covers the Mavericks for SB Nation. Uh, I'm going to try and get her on either Saturday. If I can't get her on Saturday before the game, then we'll try and get her on Monday. Um, I know scheduling some kind, sometimes it's finicky, but we want to get her on to talk a little bit of uh, Grizzlies Mavs. She's super sharp. Uh, great follow on Twitter. If you're listening to the show, obviously you're probably a Grizzlies fan, but I enjoy getting news throughout the league. It just kind of helps me be prepared for the show for one, but also kind of look ahead to what the Grizzlies may or may not be facing. So we're looking forward to having her on. We will make that happen either Saturday or Monday. Um, but, but big games coming up. I, I think to me that this Mavs game the trade deadline is getting close and I don't believe for one second that this Mavs team is going to stand pat. I think they know that they need more than Luca and Kristaps. And, and that's not a bash on those two guys, but Kristaps, his, his health is just not there. He's not a guy that you can count on night in and night out. He, I, I, you know, he just does not play every game. He's not built yeah. that way. His body cannot tolerate it. So they, they need to go out and get another guy. Uh, Jalen Brunson has been playing well for them this year. Tim Hardaway oh, Jr. Has, has spurts. But when it comes playoff time, are those guys that you're going to be able to lean on? And I think the answer is no. So it's going to be th- this game on Sunday, I think, is going to be crucial for the Grizzlies because of, of the teams behind them in the standings. I've got to say that Dallas is probably the only one that I think could turn this around and make a run. And if they lose this game on Sunday, then they lose the season series that, you know, they're, they're down three to one in the season series and that makes a difference in seeding. So hoping the Grizzlies can pull that one out. It's going to be a, a tough game. Again, losing Desmond Bain, Kyle Anderson, health and safety protocols, but this team has been great all year picking up the slack, I'm having faith that they can do it again in that game. Man, do you want to get into any of the uh, the in-game stats? Yeah, and I was going to go back to, to, to what you were just saying. It'll be – the season series will be tied at 2-2 uh, if, if the Grizzlies even win. If they lose it, they, the Grizzlies would lose the series 3-1. Is that what you were saying? I might have yeah, missed – Yeah, yeah. I'm, if, if, I, gotcha. if that was clear – thought you were saying the other way around, yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. So, Grizzlies win in Dallas. They split it 2-2. If Dallas wins this one, then Dallas is, is ahead in the season series three to one. Yeah, and, so that's, that's it's the, definitely the a tiebreaker. Yeah, it's definitely a huge game. I mean, I've had a lot of Grizz fans hit me up saying that they 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 just they're looking at winning the Southwest Division, and that that will go a long ways in that. And I was thinking, uh, if the Dallas makes a move, I think that's a possibility. And I agree with you. I think looking at the teams behind them, uh, I mean, the Grizzlies are five games up on Dallas right now, so. It would take quite a bit. I mean, the Grizzlies would have to 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 have a significant drop off probably for them to catch them. But you just never know what can happen with injuries and COVID and things down down the line. So if they go out and make a move that makes them better, that's definitely the team I think behind them that I think could catch them. Because I think Denver, without Michael Porter Jr., we don't know what's going to happen there. Jamal Murray, even if he comes back, it's probably going to be a adjustment period. I, I don't see I don't see them catching them. I think the Clippers 
Clippers have taken a downturn. They've actually fallen behind the Lakers now. They're down at eight. Um, and I think there's some rumors that Paul George might shut it down for the year to be completely healthy. If that happens, I don't think we see Kawhi comes back because at that point, well, what are you coming back for? If it's you're trying to rush back to, to do anything, you're thinking you, you would do that if you're thinking you're a contender. And without Paul George, they're definitely definitely not that. So I don't expect them to, to, to catch either. So outside of that, I mean, and, and there's a lot of people that still kind of believe in this Lakers team. AD is supposedly possibly going to be back next week. Um, I saw that earlier before we jumped on, so we'll see what happens there. I still don't think that team is is, is that good. I, I don't see them catching the Grizzlies either, unless something goes wrong. So Mavericks are, are kind of that team, um, and, and they're in your division, and you want to win the Southwest division for the first time, and you'd like to see that happen. That, that That's a big game on, on Sunday, and I'm hopefully the Grizzlies are able to to kind of avenge that entire season series at 2-2. Uh, but going back to Friday, uh, looking at the – Team stats, Grizzlies are 47 of 90, go 47 of 92 for 51.1%. Uh, Chicago, 40 of 92 for 43.5%. Uh, That's something that you don't already see. You don't usually, usually the Grizzlies have a significant amount of, of attempts on, on goal over their opponents, and they're tied in this game. So that, that's kind of an anomaly for the Grizzlies. Uh, but the Grizzlies did shoot much better. Hit seven more shots on goal and 51.1% to Chicago's 43.5. Uh, from the three-point line, Grizzlies go 10 of 25 for 40%. 13 to 31 from Chicago for 41.9%. Bulls plus six in attempts and plus three on makes uh, from the three-point line. Uh, from the free throw strike, Grizzlies are 15 to 20 for 75%, and Chicago goes 13 to 15 for 86.7%. Uh, Grizzlies are plus five in attempts and plus two in makes. So if you look at the three-pointers and the free throws, uh, the Bulls are, are end up being plus seven um, in, in points off of those, outscoring the Grizzlies by nine, and the Grizzlies have a two- Point advantage from the free throw line, so a negative, uh, a net plus seven for the Bulls in free throws and three point shooting. Rebounds uh, a lot closer than it usually is. Grizzlies forty eight to Chicago forty three. Uh, Ten offensive boards for the Grizzlies, nine for Chicago. Uh, blocks Grizzlies and Bulls both with seven turnovers, both with eighteen. Uh, fast break points. Grizzlies significant advantage there twenty six to nine points in the paint. Grizzlies sixty four to thirty eight uh, for Chicago. Man, one thing I do want to talk about. Uh, before we get out of here, man, we didn't mention the the dust up uh, in, in the game with uh, um, since, uh, what's his, what's his last night, Bradley, Tony Bradley, yeah. Yep. So I, I want to say McKinney, uh, Tony Bradley, um, and, and Ja had a, a little dust up in the game where um, it, it appeared that Bradley, uh, Ja was Ja was going to the basket. Sorry, I don't know what's wrong with me, man. Word salad here. Ja was Ja was going to the basket, and it appeared that Tony Bradley. Uh, attempted to trip him as he's going to the basket, and Doc kind of took offense to that. And Tony Bradley kind of held him, held him, and wouldn't let go. And Doc proceeded to to, to kind of hit hit him with the basketball. And, and Stephen Adams, man, comes in and lifts this guy off the ground, lifts Tony Bradley off the ground, and just removes him from the premises, man. I've <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Jaron said that in his rookie year that he had a situation where Stephen Adams did the same thing to him, uh, where. He, he he kind of picked him up and took him away from the situation. I don't know what the altercation was, or what it was. He said he was it pissed him off. Like he said he was highly offended by it. But he, but Jai was like after the game, he was like, man, of course he did, man. I would have done the same thing for him. It would have been hilarious to see Jai picking up a guy and moving him out. But man, it, it was great to see that Stephen Adams had his teammates back. I mean, that's what you want to see from from guys on your team, man. And they weren't having it. And Kyle Anderson was in there, man. Kyle and I tell people, man, Kyle Anderson. People think light skinned guys with with, with curly hair and all that, but they don't 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 want to smoke, man. I think Kyle Anderson has a little jersey in him, man. He's always 
You yeah, know he's from he New Jersey. There, yeah, he's always gone, man. I, I think Kyle Anderson about this smoke. And it was good to see, man, that their teammates kind of step up like that. Yeah, Josh said in the postgame presser, he was asked about it, and he said it wasn't a basketball move. What, what Tony Bradley done was not a basketball move. Anytime you do something like that, man, you put a guy at risk. Fortunately, nothing happened as far as injuries for, for either guy. And, and it, you know, it got de-escalated pretty quickly because, you know, the the beast of, of you know Stephen Adams just scoops <laughs> up and, and Bradley's not a small guy by any means. No, not and, at all. He just you know that kind of blew up. I saw one page on Twitter and I, and I forget who it was. They're like, for so many likes, we're gonna show uh, Stephen Adams moving him closer to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> was cracking up. Yeah, that, that <laughs> outside of the forum on the bridge at the <laughs> Arch in St. Louis, Bush Stadium, <laughs> like all kinds of stuff. So it's it's. A, a great me moment for the NBA, but it, it's we hear about the the atmosphere in this locker room and uh, Coach Darko. He said like th- these guys love each other, and you can see it. And, and this is just a prime example of that. And y- you know, Jaron said um, he's like you feel like a little kid when he done it. I felt like a little kid. I felt like I was seven years old and he's like, what, what do you do? <laughs> like he's got you there. There's nothing you can do about it. And you know, Adams wasn't, uh, he wasn't being aggressive trying to slam him or anything. Like he just picked him up and starts walking. Yeah. Off like, you know, that this ain't happening. This is not how we're going to do things. And uh, it was, it was great. And I saw a lot of people that uh, still were holding on to that beef between Adams and Zebo kind of let that go after that play and I was glad to see that. That was that was not a thing for me. I, I knew because no, of, of Adams, like his personality and the media and all of that. I figured that he would be a fan favorite pretty soon after he got to Memphis. Some people can hold a grudge longer than others. So I was glad to see them kind of let that go. And, and he even outside of you know the, the whole enforcer role that he was playing there, he's been incredible lately. Ten rebounds in this game, six assists. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, just the things that he brings to the floor for this offense, it's an incredible fit and it fits much better than what JV did with what this team wants to do. And I know a lot of people still don't want to hear that. And, you know, I, I have to, to eat crow. I had said earlier in the season, I thought that if JV had been on the roster, the Grizzlies would have more wins than what they did. But Stephen Adams is finally coming around. I think early in the season you could have made that argument, and there was probably some weight to it. But at this point in the season, I, I don't think it's even close. You know, Adams is not going to be a, a twenty and ten guy, but you don't need that from your big when you've got Desmond Bain, John Morant, Jaron Jackson, and these guys able to put put, put points up the way that they are. Yeah, and I, I've seen some. There, there's been more people that have come around on it as of late. I've seen some people that were hard against it that kind of kind of now are more acceptable to, to, to the move. But uh, there was a point where it, it looked like this wasn't going to work out. Like I was – there was a point there early in the season where it got to the point I was like, man, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to move them, but this is just not working. That was kind of during the time where they were struggling uh, right there before the Giants where it just looked like it wasn't going to work. We kind of thought the defense was going to be a trade-off for – JV's offense, and that wasn't the case at that point. But as of late, he's been fantastic. Uh, I mean, just exactly what this team needs. I mean, like you said, he's not going to score 20 points or anything about that, but the rebounding and, and the defense that he's played has been fantastic and I think fits really well alongside Jared, even though we've been kind of advocates of him coming off the bench and Jared started the five. I mean, I, 
he's he's been fantastic for this team, and his rebound is even going to another level, which I figured coming over. I thought that his rebound numbers could be higher. I think he was like around nine last year. I, I figured that he could on this team that he he could even go north from that. He's definitely been doing that lately. But to kind of go back to the the Zebo thing and, and, and Stephen Adams, I remember I think it was Chris Vernon had him on his show here when he first got here before the season started. He was like, man, there a lot of people were kind of. Uh, what was the first thing that you thought of when you, you got to college? You've been trading for Memphis. He was like, he sat there and he thought about it for a second. He was like, um, Zach Randolph punched me in the face. And maybe there's probably some people still upset about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, he, he said that was the first thing he thought of when when when, when he, he got to college. He was going to Memphis. I thought that was hilarious. But, man, yeah, man, he's been a, a fantastic fit. I think he's a culture fit and he fits in his locker room. And I think I think the guy love the guys love him. So, um, and it's, Working out, man, right right now, man. It's glad to see him kind of take a turn from, from his early season struggles. We did forget to mention the uh the the Jared Jackson scare. Um going to the back, I think it was Alfonso McKinney was going to the basket and they kind of hit knees and Jared went down um and was down for a second, then hopped right back up. And I think everybody in Memphis collectively held their breath at that point, man, because Jared and knee and Jared holding his knee, those are not things that you want to see. Uh but he, he hopped up and, and, and kind of limped back to the locker room. Man. We were all thinking, man, this doesn't look good. Because, uh, again, we know the history sharing with his knee. But he talked about it after the game. He ended up coming back to the bench pretty quickly. And that kind of made everybody feel better and ended up going back into the game. But he, he said that after the game, in the post game, that he, he never felt like he was going to be out. He said he just kind of had dead leg there for a second. But he knew he was going to come back in. He never felt like it was anything serious. He said he just needed a few minutes to – to kind of co- collect his thoughts a little bit and, and get back right. But he was able to come back in the game, but that was a scary moment right there. Yeah, man, that, that's uh, – you, you messaged me. I think we were actually messaging right before it happened. Yeah, we were talking about that, something else, and, yeah, and I can't and, remember what we were talking about. But. Yeah, that conversation went awry, like, immediately, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like, oh, you get that nasty feeling in your stomach because you, you just – you never know. And, and anytime somebody goes down holding their knee, you don't know what it's going to be. And it turns out it wasn't the knee at all. It was his calf. Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, so, you know, came back in the game, ended the game with, with five blocks. He's been sensational on the defensive end for this team. And I was glad to see him come back into this game. I was worried because with the, how cautious this team is, I, I saw him holding that. I'm like, man, are they going to hold him out the rest of the game? If he is, yeah. eligible to come back and then they said um I, I was watching the national broadcast which was a mistake by the way but <laughs> I, I was watching that because let, let's be honest the valley app is garbage it's it's absolute trash they have got to get that fixed before next season i've seen a lot of people i thought it was just me at first having issues Man, it, it's people but, yeah, i mean yeah from pretty much to every man luckily i don't have to use it uh, because I being, being being here in the market, I have valleys on on Comcast, so I don't mm. I don't I've never had to use it. But from every everybody I've talked to, I haven't talked to a single person that uses an app that doesn't say it's trash. Like it, it is, mm. and how I mean I don't understand how it can be that bad. Like what's the issue? And like why? Because I mean even going back to last year, I mean, people when they first started this early season, people have been talking about how bad it is, and now we're into the season and still haven't gotten it fixed. Like, I don't get it. Like, and it's not the Grizzlies. I, I, I've talked to some people and they say it's not the Grizzlies that they don't really have the control over that. It's just yeah. Yeah, something it's a, they got to get fixed, man. Yeah, they got to get yeah. that fixed. And I, I don't understand. Can't be that hard of a, of, of a fix, man. I don't understand what's going on there. 
Yeah, I, I know for me what happens is it will freeze mid-game, and then sometimes it'll bounce right back. Like, it'll be 10 or 15 seconds, it'll come right back. And then sometimes I have to exit the app and completely restart it to get back into the game. And then when I do get back in there to get to the game, it'll take a couple minutes to load. And I know, oh, man, I can't remember what game it was, but there was one game where it was close and, like, there were four minutes and 30-something seconds left on the game. And I missed the entire last four and a half minutes of the game because the app jacked up. Like, it kicked me out. I was trying to get back in. I had to log out, re-log in to get it to let me log into the app and get back to the game. So I had to rewind it to watch the ending of that game. And it's just frustrating, man. If it was a thing that happened here or there, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But I've not had a single game all season where I've watched the game with zero issues. There's an issue with the game every single time that I watch it on that app. So not going to keep hammering on that. Again, final score, this the MLK game, 119 to 106. Memphis improves to 31 and 15 on the season. Good for third in the West. I think we're going to go ahead and get out of here unless Isaac has something else. Um, I, I know I don't have anything else. We will be back. The next game is tomorrow night, Wednesday night, in Milwaukee against the Bucks with a depleted Grizzly squad. And the Bucks are a little depleted right now. We'll see how the health stuff shakes out for them in between now and then. Them without Drew Holiday is a lot, a lot friendlier for the Grizzlies. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Sure. Yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to it, man. I but would love to have Desmond Bain and Kyle Anderson. But again, we've seen team step up time and time again. Hopefully, they can do the do the same. But yeah, man, in Milwaukee where they're undefeated tomorrow night, five third form, they're two and over since they opened that building. Only team in the league that hadn't lost there, and then hopefully that doesn't change tomorrow night. Uh, going to altitude on, on Friday night, that's always a tough game. And the Grizzlies got back to back wins here early in the season against the Nuggets at FedEx form. So you know they're going to be kind of looking to, to avenge that. So that's going to be a tough one Sunday. Definitely Odom won. We've talked about that in the season series, and Grizz need to win that one to kind of tie that one up and get a couple of days off before you take on the San Antonio Spurs, which Grizz will be on national television again. That game's going to be on ESPN um, at, at San Antonio, and they got one, I think the week after that, at New York is going to be on ESPN. So Grizz got some, some national television games. They've had a few here recently and got something coming up. So that's, that's always good to see. Always, well, I'm going to watch it uh, with our guys, Pete and Brevin, uh, for sure here on, on, on Bally's, but I, I love that other people outside of the, the, the market get to see the Grizzlies because they, they don't they don't get a lot of national televised games. A lot of times people sleep on the Grizzlies and don't know what we have going on down here. So that's one of the reasons why I was kind of glad that Bain had a big game yesterday uh, with that game being on national TV. And I've seen, even today, I've seen a lot of people, I think it's Candace Parker uh, on one of the shows today was saying that she felt like Bain is the most improved player. Uh, for, for her. So I was kind of glad to see him have a good game yesterday on, on NASA television. But other than that, man, that's that's all I got. And I'll say this about that. I've got a couple things. I said I was done. I've got a couple things, and then we'll get out of here. To me, most improved player should never, ever, 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 ever be a guy that won rookie of the year or that was a finalist for rookie of the year. It, it shouldn't be. I don't think John Morant should be in the running for most improved players. No, I think like, he's kind of passed by that. Yeah, at this and, point. and that's, you know, you see some people, I think uh, the last time I looked, it's been a little while, but John Morant, um, and, and they mentioned this on the uh, in the Twitter spaces last night, 
he was like the betting favorite to win most improved player. Yeah, he still is. He, yeah, he still and is. That's, that's yep. just wild to me. How can a guy he won rookie of the year? How can you win rookie of the year and then be most improved player? It's just, to me that's natural development. That type of thing should happen. Um, you know, Desmond Bain coming out. I don't think anybody expected him to be playing at the level that he's been playing at this year. And so to me, you know, doubling your your scoring output from last year, your numbers from the field look great. Just a lot of good stuff from Desmond Bain. I think that he should be more in the running for the most improved player as opposed to Ja Morant. If Ja Morant wins it, I'm not going to be disappointed, obviously, because anytime you win a, a league award, that's a good thing for you and your squad. But to me, I, I think that Josh should be in the MVP conversation, not the most improved player conversa- conversation. So is what it is. The other thing that I've got to say before we get out of here is they finally freaking started Brandon Clark. It did not work <laughs> out. They lost the game, but it wasn't because Brandon Clark started. I couldn't believe it. I thought Isaac was messing with me. I didn't see the tweet from the Grizzlies with their roster. Like, the, you know, they always do the, the first five. And I didn't see yeah. it, and Isaac tweeted at me, and I'm like, what? So as soon as he tweeted, I'm like, I'm scrambling to get to the Grizzlies page to see if it was legit, and it was. I hope that we see more of that moving forward with Steven Adams healthy. Probably don't see that. I know, you know, in the in this Bulls game against Vucevic, the matchup was just better. Steven Adams on Vucevic yeah. as opposed to Brandon Clark. For sure. But for the future of this team, I hope that we see more of Brandon Clark starting to four and Jaron at the five. With that being said, we will get out of here. You can find me on Twitter at DWill2111. The show is at Ethos Grizzlies. Do not forget about our Ja Morant jersey giveaway. The tweet is out there. Go find it on the show page. Find the original tweet. Like and retweet it. You're entered to win. We're giving that away the night of the All-Star Game, February 20th. We are doing the giveaway for the Ja Morant jersey. Um, I'll put all the names into a randomizer. I think there's like 400 retweets and stuff on it right now. So going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of typing for me, putting those names in there, but good luck to everybody. It's a free shot to win a Jersey. I was going to limit it to us only because of shipping costs, but anybody, any Grizzlies fans. So, you know, if you're a New Zealander listening to the show, because we've got Steven Adams and you want a John Moran jersey, the Kiwi. Yep. Get, get over there, like it, retweet it, and I will ship that jersey to whoever wins it, regardless of where you live. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals, man. Make sure you go over to at Ethos Grizzlies, man. Give us a follow. We definitely appreciate that. Um, and follow us along on Twitter. And, man, we're going to take on the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow night. We'll be back okay tomorrow night for on Thursday and then until then we go and that will conclude our sports ethos presentation <laughs>